Hello and welcome to another episode of The Clever Kids. This is a weekly podcast where three brothers take a look at a topic from popular culture that you may or may not care about. Uh, my name is Tyler. I am your host. I'm joined as always by my co-hosts, uh, Brian. Brian, how are you doing today? Hey, doing wonderful. How's everybody? I'm doing well. Uh, Jeff is also here, our youngest brother. Jeff, how are you today? I'm doing well. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy, oh yeah, happy, happy new, year. new year. Nothing catastrophic officially... has happened so far. The last two years, <laughs> they've started off with a real bang. Yeah, well, uh, last year it took all the way out until the 6th day of January before it started to feel like the world was going to end. Uh, hopefully we can... Oh, that was uh, the capital rights you're talking about? Yeah, that was the... That was the uh, well, in the year before coup. Kobe died, like in January, I think. No, Kobe died in February, right before I left to Iceland. Uh, well, either way, right at the beginning of 2020. So I guess right. we still got time for catastrophe, but uh, so far, so good. Um, Two days in. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Well, um, just like last year, uh, our first episode of this year is a best of episode. Um and uh, yeah, so we're just going to kind of go through our list of uh, things that we really liked in 2021 and uh, talk about the best and the worst of it. Um, so yeah, this is sort of our awards episode, I guess. Should we come up with? The, did we come up with a name last year? I just listened to the episode. I don't think I. I don't think we did. Should we come up with a name for this? Best best it? of 2021. Okay, cool. Thanks. Uh, we don't want to call it like the the cl- the Clevies. Oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, uh, yeah, come um, back to me on that one. Yeah, well, you have until the end of the episode to come up with one. Jeff, I'm going to expect one from you as well. Are you okay, Jeff? You Sorry, look like you're holding I'm, in a I'm, fart. I am. To Clevies? I don't know how to respond to that. That is the, probably the worst name. What they call them the Emmys, the the Oscars. They, they, all, they, they all got the Grammys. The kiddos. They all got dumb we'll call them the kiddos. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we will actually. <laughs> um, all right. So this year uh, we're going to do it in a different order than last year. So what I'm going to start with is um, best video games of the year. All right. Um, and I'm going to give, I'm going to make Jeff start because I think Jeff probably played the most video games of all of us this year. Um, so he probably has the most to say. So uh, maybe. go ahead, Jeff. What was your best? This, this category, I, I uh, gave it some thought, and I would say that the game, I mean, I'm not uh, big on, on gaming a lot this year. I mean, my work's been taking me away from it, but I did beat Miles Morales from start to finish, um, and I did thoroughly enjoy that. I, I think that Insomniac is uh, has a great recipe for a superhero title, and I am excited for their Spider-Man I guess third in the trilogy or sequel, if you want to call it, because Miles Morales is more of a spinoff than a sequel. But um, yeah, I uh, loved Miles Morales. I thought it was a great addition to the franchise. And that's what I would hold as the best game that was made in 2021. All right. And uh, yeah, I, part of me feels like you said that last year. That, are you sure that wasn't a game that you played in 2020? <laughs> Pretty sure. <laughs> you just going to pick a Spider-Man game every year or what? Yeah. Uh, well, Brian, the other Spider-Man game came out oh. in 2019, but 
Yeah. Um, Brian, what did you, what was your best game of this year? So I, I put down two. So, um, well, yeah, we have, we're going to have a best and a runner up. So maybe we should have Jeff give his runner up. Apparently Miles Morales, apparently Miles Morales came out in December of last year. I was wrong. So I don't have a favorite. Yeah. But you may not have, you may not have played it. I definitely picked it up. I picked it up. I picked it up day one and I beat it in like two weeks. So I definitely said it last year because I should have listened to the old episode. That's on me folks. I don't have a favorite game this year. Godfall. Godfall's been yeah. pretty great. I, I didn't choose that one, but it's been pretty great. Not gonna lie. Um, I, just, I didn't choose okay. it mainly because uh, we haven't actually played the game. We've only played the end game content. But um, Brian, well, Brian, do you have a best? You've actually played quite a few games this year. A so. couple, yeah, a couple. Because uh, you know, I got a PS5 as a gift, and and I was you know pretty determined to get a few PS5 intended games on there to really kind of test out the the console. Um, <clears throat> And I was trying to decide between Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Ghost of Tsushima as my main pick. Um, and I went with Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, I was playing Valhalla yesterday and was having a real hard time with some of the combat stuff. So I went Ghost of Tsushima in kind of a rage quit style, like, fuck Valhalla to be right clear, now. <laughs> Although it's really fun. To be clear, that's an, also a game that came out in 2020. <laughs> Ghost of Tsushima? Yeah, but it's okay. You played it and that's fine. It, oh, it was are, listed it, as 2021 not... when I looked it up. You know what? Maybe it came out in 2021 for uh, PlayStation 5. Okay. Well, that's the version I'm talking about, so uh, we'll cons- <laughs> we'll count it. But anyway, um, and I have my runner-up as well, which I guess I could just put in as as my number one. If, no, no, no. That no, no. Work. That's totally fine. I don't care. I'm um, just teasing you. My other option was It Takes Two, I think is a phenomenal game that Anna and I put together. I'm, I'm actually – I think it might have won Game of the Year. Um, I don't yeah. know if you guys can check me on that, but uh, I'm pretty sure it did. Uh, it was, uh, I definitely saw it was at least like top of a lot of people's lists on like IGN and like uh, Screen Rant and some of the other like uh, movie and video game websites and blogs. So yeah, um, and I think it did win at the awards. Super so. fun if you have a partner or a significant other to play with. Super fun game. It's it's. Um, you know, lighthearted and fun, but still challenging. There's boss modes. It's it's all about trying to solve puzzles and it's, and, uh, yeah, and teamwork. It did it's win. so fun. It did win at the Game Awards. Yeah, so uh, game I'll, of the I'll year, put my so. uh, my my big vote uh, towards that one. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. I may have to check that one out. I know you had recommended it before, and then when I saw that it had uh, that it had won, I was kind of surprised. Um, now, do we do do any of us have a worst video game? I do. Oh, my f- best video game. I did put Godfall down because it's the only game from 2021 that I played this year. It's the only new game that I played. Wow. Uh, and it actually came out in December of 2020 ex- uh, on all consoles except for PS4 where it wasn't released until January 15th on PS4. Count so it. That's where I played it and that counts. So <laughs> That's funny. Um, and do you guys have a worst video game that you played this year? Jeff? Um, I couldn't really think of one. Otherwise, I did play uh, D&D released a, uh, a video game. I forgot exactly what it was called. Dark Alliance, I think. Um, and uh, it wasn't quite what I expected. I played it for a couple of days before putting it down and haven't revisited. So unfortunately, I will say due to um, uh, the failure to meet my expectations, I, I will have to put. Well, I think the game was set out what it did, to do what it intended to do. I just didn't enjoy it as much as I was hoping I would. So I would have to put the, the Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance game as my worst game. Yeah, mine might come as a uh, 
I don't know, an interesting decision because I actually have recommended this game. I actually still play this game as a time killer, but as far as like quality of game, I put down Chivalry 2. I, and again, I want to repeat, I actually enjoy playing it. And I'll fire it up if I'm just sitting there by myself, not feeling like diving into something storyline heavy. Um, but Chivalry 2, I, I, the more I thought about it, I was like, man, I really feel like it's just like jumping into the mode and dying, jumping into the mode and dying. You might get two or three kills off and then you die. The combat isn't super complicated. You're just like Skyrim style where your hands are in front of you and you're like in the first person view and you're just swinging like in this really shitty, like rudimentary way and trying to brain people with a sword or a, you know, an ax or whatever. Like I said, it's fun, but as far as like actual quality of game, um, I have it down pretty low as far as games this year. So, uh, chivalry two is my vote. And, uh, for me, I put, uh, cyberpunk, <laughs> Again, oh, I haven't heard anything I, it, about that game in months. No, it was so bad. I I haven't played it since 2020, but I was so upset by it. I'm still so upset by it it's that I, it got my worst. Game. It, I don't care. It got worse again. Um, it's the worst game. It's I'm just so mad. Um, all right. So next, I'm gonna go with uh, best documentary. I'm not gonna do worst documentary this year unless you have a bad documentary feel free to say it but i don't have a worst one because i only watched a couple this year um i guess i'll start because i don't think jeff watches documentaries i actually um, have still. one so you did Bitch. oh damn Bitch. Well, dude i just listened to last year's episode in which you said i don't fucking watch documentaries i don't i don't fucking watch <laughs> those documentaries. Literally, those are your exact words <laughs> um all right so i'm gonna start uh i actually have three this time i think two of them are tie um i put sons of sam for my number one uh documentary this year uh docuseries um i think i recommended it when it first came out very strange interesting look into um a one journalist theory about the son of sam killings in 1970s new york in which he thought that there were multiple um killers at work and there was like a whole cult involved and whether or not he was right it definitely seems like he at least had enough proof that people should have been paying attention to it and instead sure. it got yeah. it got buried did you watch did you yeah. end up watching it Brian? yeah i forgot oh, okay. about that one yeah um i uh it definitely felt like it should have been looked into either way the way that the information was presented to me every single episode as it was unfolding i was like blown away by it i was like holy shit holy shit um, and I think the documentarians did a really good job of kind of showing both sides where it was like, well, this guy was kind of making some logic leaps in his theories. But the fact of the matter is he did have enough proof that someone should have been paying attention. Um, I thought it was really good. Uh, and then I tied two for my uh, runner up, uh, The Night Stalker, which was just another true crime um, documentary. Uh, just a really sort of interesting case. Um, and... Uh, just really crazy stuff that was happening in um, California and then cue into the storm. Uh, mostly just be, like, I don't think it stuck the landing, but for the first few episodes, it really, uh, it was an interesting deep dive into that world. Um, that is, you know, it's just kind of a crazy thing that's currently happening and still kind of gripping the nation. And we're all still sort of dealing with it. And, I think it's just kind of an interesting look into the early days of it since this person would just like happen to be trying to start a documentary about something else and then just fell into this circle. Um, 
so yeah, those are those are my three there. Q, uh, Brian, yeah. Q into the storm's a good one. I didn't put down. Um, I don't. Know. I think that I it didn't get my number one because I think at the end he makes some leaps and like totally makes some claims that I'm like I don't know if this is found. Yeah, you didn't have enough. Like, you, yeah, yeah. I don't think you can base what he said on you know what he thinks on what was shown. But to get such um, a, um, a a fresh look at something that's happening now instead of a look back at something. I thought right. it was great was, because you don't get that very often where something is still a relevant conversation and you get a fully fleshed out documentary. I understand well, and he that just happened to end. be right. He started, he just happened to be filming and just found himself embroiled in this as it was developing. Yeah. It was you just more, I mean? it was it's just crazy. more engaging because it's still happening and not, you know, a look back. Yeah. I, I just thought that made it really fascinating. Although I'll, I'll agree. And I think we've talked about this before on here that, um, his conclusions were a little bit premature. Um, there was also an episode where like, he just spends the whole time trying to help a guy escape Thailand. And it was just <laughs> yeah. like, what does this What's have to do with right the now? fucking yeah. story? Yeah, yeah. This doesn't so, have anything to do with what we're doing. Yeah. So for best, I put down sea spiracy. Uh, uh, this, I really want to watch this. I just still haven't had the time. Yeah. I found the time to Seaspiracy do it. Spiracy is really good. Um, it's kind of a zoomed in look at the global fishing industry. And, um, he also really, shines a light on the term sustainability um, because it's an industry that floats that term a lot and he really challenges it and and you start looking at you know what what it actually means or or what it actually takes to be able to slap sustainability on a on a label or you know on a package and, and convince people you know you're at home buying something that says you know a sustainable practice produced this product and when he actually looks at what how the product was produced you know there's it, it calls everything into question and it's really eye-opening it's crazy to see what the actual current state of that industry is and just you know how horrible humans can be um you know when they're just kind of i guess doing things for profit or for revenue for their business and yeah kind of alarming um kind of horrible it makes you never want to eat fish again but at the same time uh, really educational and insightful um, I also put down Hard Knocks. Uh, this is more of a personal one. I didn't expect anyone else to have this. It's uh, um, a do- uh, an ongoing documentary they do every year for uh, the NFL. Typically, they only do it uh, in the preseason. This year, uh, their pre- the team they followed in the preseason was the Dallas Cowboys, which obviously near and dear. I'm a huge fan of the Cowboys personally. Um, but then they also announced in the early part of the season that at the halfway point of the year, they would start following a team in season. And if that team made the playoffs, they would continue to follow that team through the playoffs. And that's really cool because uh, you never get that look at teams, you know, in the locker room and, you know, at practice and just kind of leading up to game days and seeing the impact of, of how a loss affects them and how it changes the way they approach their, their team preparation for the next game and how they're, you know, just it's just cool to get that extra angle on, on football teams. And uh, this year it's the Colts. They almost had a chance to clinch this morning, and they lost. So they got another week to uh, try to clinch a playoff spot. Hopefully, it keeps going uh, into the playoffs. But it's been a really fun uh, documentary what's, all year long. What's cool about it is that it's it's real time. You know, it's yeah. not like a documentary oh, yeah. that's looking back in like in like you know, it's not like when I watched. I had the the Denver Broncos uh, box set of when they won the Super Bowl, and yeah. they had camera crews like in the locker rooms. But it's like edited, it, you know, retrospectively, right? It's edited in hindsight, and 
this is like as it's happening. Yeah, like oh, you get to see yeah. what happened in last week's game. Like uh, you know, when like this play happened, you got to see what they were talking about after the game. You know, yeah. after yeah. that play, I was watching like uh, an episode uh, and they were focusing on DeForest Buckner, who's a defensive lineman that went to the University of Oregon when I was there as a student. So I was really interested and was paying real close attention. And it was showing him at home with his wife, and they're talking about uh, their Christmas tree topper. And they're like making Christmas cookies. And I literally mm-hmm. just packed away all my Christmas stuff. This was like a week and a half ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I'm like, how funny is it? Like this episode was literally filmed two weeks ago. And then they cut it up real quick, put the ep- episode out. And it's like in real time. Like when guys right. get it's, injured. Well, it's like one of the only things that does that. Because like yeah. even like the Kardashian yeah, shit like is like six to eight months, months after ago, the yeah. fact. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I don't. I don't watch any of that shit, but I know that it's all like, you know, it's all cut and edited in like these specific ways. These ones, it's just sort of like raw footage. Obviously it's edited. They have to, but you know, it, it's still, you know, it's interesting to see those things. I don't really watch hard knocks, but I have watched it and read a lot about it. And I do think it's an interesting concept yeah. uh, specifically for so. people like you who are really into football. Yeah. And, and, they, and they've really so. ramped it up this year and given us that extra um, season mm-hmm. of it. So I, I'm, you know, was really enjoying it. Uh, as far as worst documentary, I put down Tiger King too. I don't know if anyone else has given that a shot, but didn't it, even give it a shot. The yeah, reviews don't. came out and basically they were like, this is trash. Absolute trash. They're just trying to capitalize on the, the heat that they rode, the wave of, of hype they rode last year. Um, I very much enjoyed season one, season two, the, the guy that really stole the show, Joe exotic is in prison the whole time. And all you get is some recorded phone calls of him, you know, trying to yeah. get exonerated. There's nothing new about him, no. and he's like the main character in of the prison. series. Yeah, you know? and like they sort of focusing on other people, but none of them, you know, it, they just didn't deliver on season two. It well, just felt they like they can't as, carry. They're not as interesting yeah. characters. They're it, all just kind of yeah. creeps and criminals. It whereas Joe Exotic totally is just this sort of weird dude. Yeah, I think, I think obviously they were trying to capitalize on it, and I mean, like you said, like last the first one we said this in last year's episode it it wasn't that good it just was like it came out at the exact right time when like everyone we're was all stuck at home yeah. and don't know what's going on and yeah. like the future outlook is crazy and then they just are like watch these crazy people be absolutely insane yeah it also you know? felt like they were trying to backpedal from season one where carol baskin got totally thrown under the bus with the whole husband disappearing thing and they were mm-hmm. trying to look into the case of her missing husband in like maybe provide other explanations. And it was like, honestly, you guys have already destroyed this woman's life. <laughs> like, like it's too late. Like this woman is like always going to be branded as the woman that fed her husband to a tiger, you know, even though it probably didn't happen that way. And it's like, I, I, mean, I was already disinterested. She's so with that much more rich now. Like she was on dancing with the stars. Like she's so famous and rich now. Like, like as much as you were like, fuck you, Tom Holland, stop complaining. Like Carol Baskin can shut the fuck up and cry into her millions for all I can. I care. Yeah. Either she way. She literally has done nothing. Yeah. So, so I, I just put it on there cause it felt like it didn't add anything to Joe exotic story and kind of felt like it was just them trying to slap the name brand back out there. Like tiger King, watch this one. And it was like, eh, like that one came and went, you guys should have had two seasons ready to go when it first hit and caught fire versus doing another one a year later. Um, so yeah, that's my worst documentary. What do you got, Jeff? For me, the only documentary I watched this year uh, was WeWork, or the making mm-hmm. and breaking of so a forty-seven billion dollar unicorn. And uh, yeah, I watched that too. That was that was. I, I had to think of whether I was going to put that on there. I honestly think that the We Crashed do- uh, podcast about it was actually 
more interesting than the documentary ended up being but oh go ahead sorry let you yeah talk about i mean it. i i enjoyed it i'm mean, the only reason i watched it is because i work in construction i work in construction tech i work very adjacent i actually worked on reworked buildings for, for several years and uh i i you know we you and i actually talked about this more in depth on the episode right after it released when we watched yeah. it so go back and listen to that episode i, I have it in the title um, it was a good documentary and it was interesting to see like how sort of like a robot mid shutdown that guy adam is the 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 guy who created it was you know when he like can't get things like he can't get like pre-written like uh he's literally uh, text like dialogue out for like a commercial and stuff like that like yeah he was panicked like yeah it was was an interesting story um and and i enjoyed it i should probably watch more documentaries i just don't have the time Honestly, that one was really interesting. Um, when I watched, oh, this did you one. watch it too, Brian? Yeah, I've seen that one, uh, and I was uh, okay. I was still in my master's program when I watched that. So, like, coming at it from a different angle of like looking at it as a business, like, and looking at you know like their whole IPO thing, and like looking at you know I'm very much interested in investing and stuff, and watching the the whole thing with them in their the company evaluation. When really it was like, what profit are you guys driving? You know, like what where's the valuation coming from? Yeah. And yeah, for, for those who don't know, Brian and I both work in investing. I work in an institutional investing specifically. So looking at, yep. uh, looking at WeWork and seeing like, not understand, like I genuinely always was confused by WeWork and never yeah. really understood and, the, the, the valuation. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing that's happening right now with other companies. Like, uh, I'm not going to get too far into this, but Rivian, the electric car company is, is they're like the third most valuable car company on the planet, but they've never shown in a single quarter of profit before because they just went you know, public. And it's like, yeah, but like everyone said me, the same thing about Tesla sure. until, until yeah, but Tesla I would argue, took off. I would argue that if you look at any of Tesla's numbers as a company, they're not worth what they're valued at either. Like it, it's just wait, a, wait, a hype train. What, what gives Tesla their value is the, the, the technology behind what they're, we well, don't have to get into this. <laughs> Sorry. Sure. That's not what this podcast po- is, but what they're producing is, is valuable. So. Yeah. Su- super interesting to see that side of things and to see how it sure. worked with WeWork and how it collapsed and how it can go wrong. Um, but yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah. Um, did you have, so that's the only one you watched, right? Right. That is correct. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. I I think there were some other ones that I watched. There was one, uh, that I watched that was about a, um, we should probably hit some of the other topics. I don't want to spend too much time on just documentaries. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) I'll just real quick though. I do want to say this. It was that unfinished documentary because a bunch of the people that they were filming uh, died. It was like a church um, that was like all about weight gain and weight loss. And I would put that in my worst just because why the fuck are you releasing a half finished documentary? I'm sorry. I, it was ridiculous. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, let's go with um, best uh, album, artist or song uh, as far as like musicians go. We don't typically talk about music, but as a... Uh, as a part of popular culture that we all partake in, I wanted to see uh, where you guys were at with it. I can start. I have um, I have three that I rated all at the top, and I'm not going to talk about them too much. All three are pop punk. Um, I have Survivor's Guilt by Kenny Hoopla, was one of the albums that I just had on repeat all year. Um, Gardens by Sly Withers, an Australian pop punk band uh, that I found this year was really really good and then uh keepsakes and reminders by youth fountain a canadian pop punk group (laughs) uh that i listened to just on repeat those are basically the three albums that i listened to the most um this year uh and those are the those are all three new artists that i found this year so those are all three at the top of my list 
Uh, Brian, who do you got? Um, I skipped this category, to be honest with you. I, I'm not huge on, you know, chasing albums and, or, you know, individual. Just 21 just, Pilots again. Yeah, I just, I just <laughs> listen to music. I don't really pay attention to new versus old, you know, stuff like that. Okay. So I, I didn't have a good recommendation, so I skipped it. I have no two. problem. Uh, Jeff. Last, if you listen to the episode from last year, uh, there's a, a band that I discovered, I think late 2019, maybe early 2020, called We Were Promised Jetpacks. It's like a Scottish uh, rock band. Um, yep. They released an album in 2021 called uh, da, 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 We All oh, – no, they uh, Enjoy the View. That's what it's called. And um, it's a little bit slower paced than, than some of their earlier music, but I enjoy it. Um, uh, the singer's got a good voice, and, and I like the messaging in the songs. The other album, which actually just came out like two weeks ago, uh, is actually from a local rapper from Tyler Bryan and I's hometown. Uh, and actually an old friend of Tyler's, his name is Jeff Turner, but he now goes by the moniker Freeman Flow, uh, who just released his album, We All Make One. Um, and uh, yeah, it's available on, on Spotify. Go check it out. Uh, it's not bad. Was it? Did you go see his his concert when he, he I have like a release concert? I haven't for seen it, it live. Like... I was out of town at the time. Um but yeah, I, I listened to the album and again, it's slower. I mean, uh, Jeff Turner or, or Freeman Flow, as he now wants to be referred to, um, is, is a really talented rap artist. And this one's a little bit more soulful, a little bit slower paced than um, some of his more impressive work. But I still found it inspiring. I still liked a lot of the songs on it. Cool, man. Yeah, that's a good shout out. Uh, shout out to Jeff Freeman Flow. Um, yeah, I haven't talked to him in a long time, but it's good to still see that he's making music. Uh, out there and, and he goes live on instagram like every other day and free and um uh, freestyles freestyles yeah yeah he's impressive he's really impressive check him out uh do you know what his instagram handle is uh i mean he might have changed it to freeman flow to be honest okay well look just find him <laughs> good luck <laughs> um all right yeah it's, uh, it's the freeman flow okay cool sounds good um I'm going to go with next topic here. Best thing from a, that came out in a different year that you watched this year. Um, if you can, uh, I don't know if you guys came up with anything for this, but I uh, just watched all of a series that just released on Netflix called Zach Stone is going to be famous. It was on MTV in 2013. It was a Bo Burnham's uh, attempt at like a sitcom. Um, basically, it's him like making fun of influencers. It's a kid who just graduated high school who saved up all of his money from working at a grocery store and he hires a camera crew to follow him around and start filming him like as if he's filming a reality show. And it's like him doing different things each week that are like gonna get him famous. Like one week he tries to become like a musician. One week he tries to become an actor. One week he, he tries Anything. to become like, a, Be a like an player. internet viral <laughs> hero. Yeah. Um, like one week he tries to start like a girls gone wild thing, but it's called uh, bros gone wild or something like that. And he just tries to get like, uh, like dudes to take their shirts off. <laughs> it's, I, I highly recommend it. I'm really like, I just found it. I'd never heard of it. I'm a big Bo Burnham fan. When I saw it, um, I was like, well, I'm definitely putting this on. And I basically stayed up until two in the morning watching it, like on a weeknight. Like I could not stop. I really, really thought it was very funny. Um, it got canceled after one season, which sucks because I, I, you know, it was just really good. So that's my recommendation. Uh, anyone else have something for this this category? Uh, 
couple of weeks back, I watched an old film called Atonement, and I covered it during the podcast. Um, I would say that right. was probably the thing. It was a little bit older, older of a film with an all-star cast, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. As, cool. as far as shows go, I uh, had to watch Witcher Season 1 as a refresher for Season 2 recently, so uh, definitely liked Season 1 just as much. Um, another one that um, <clears throat> popped into my head, uh, Anna and I watched Cloud Atlas earlier this year. Um, that one's still fantastic watch. Uh, I know you guys agree. Uh, recently, This Is 40 totally holds up, and I think the closer you get to 40, the more it makes sense to you. Because uh, <laughs> I watched it recently and was totally feeling it. Like, was like, What's yeah, funny, when that movie came out and I was like 25, I think, I was like, or maybe I was even younger. I would have been like 22. And I was like, this movie sucks. <laughs> I yeah. hate this. N- but now but, when you watch it, you're like, fuck, I feel that. Yeah, I actually haven't seen it. I've only seen it that one time, but I do remember scenes from it, and I I hella relate to them now. Oh, dude. You know, like now that I've been yeah. married for a few years. He's like cleaning up my, from like, he's like cleaning up from the birthday thing and he puts the cupcake in the sink and she's like, You're totally hiding that cupcake to eat it later. And he's like, What this cupcake? No. And he pours water all over it, like as if that's gonna ruin the cupcake, and then later he comes over and he eats it anyway. I was like, yeah. I feel that because I'm always like sneaking a little treat or something, even though I'm not so Oh, I like when she wants him to do things, but he's just playing games on his iPad, just sitting on the toilet. Yeah, she's like, It's your fourth <laughs> time in the bathroom today. And he's just like, Yeah, I gotta go. She's like, Well, show it to me then. He's like, I've been flushing as I go. <laughs> <laughs> that I relate to that. Yeah, a lot. it's pr- I'm like it's I do. Funny. Like my wife will be like, let's do chores. I'm like, I have to poop. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. Um, it's yeah, I do relate to it a lot more. I may have to watch it again. Pretty but. funny. Yeah, it totally hits. And I think over the next ten years, every time I watch it, I'm gonna be like, all right, it's hitting a little harder every time. So, um, and then lastly. Uh, uh, rewatched the leftovers, the entire series, um, mm-hmm. and love it. So, um, that was another one that jumped out from a prior, prior year. Okay, cool. Uh, sounds good. Um, did anyone have a worse thing from another year that they watched this year and wish they hadn't? No. <laughs> I, di- I didn't think of that, but that would be very funny. Um, all right. Just checking off. Would the yours list be big bang theory? I watched I, that was my worst thing of the year last year yeah. <laughs> I put that I put that as worst TV show of 2020 even though it ended in like 2015 <laughs> it definitely ended in 2020 but that's fine uh, okay well whatever I didn't know that 2019 um, does it matter <laughs> yeah it doesn't um, all right let's do a uh, best book uh, or best thing that we read I put down a, a book and a comic book um just because I do both, so I wanted to make sure I mentioned both. But um, let's start with Brian, since I know that he only reads books, and he probably only read one this year. So I did skip the comic book category as well. Um, best what a book, uh, I just put down Stormlight Archive. Um, I think you might be right that it's the only one I've read this year. Although to be fair, it's each one is about the length of like three books. So oh yeah, um, I was <laughs> I was listening to the episode where you said that Jeff bought you the the audio book and you were like yeah it's about 46 hours yeah, <laughs> I was each like, one. like yeah yeah i'm like well if you spread that out over the eight hours that you're awake that's like a, a week yeah well and i've actually gone back and listened to the audio book for each book multiple times because i i smashed through them because i'm at work all week so that's what you that's what you said yeah uh, but i'm also reading it I, like i'm reading and doing the audio books simultaneously and just definitely mm-hmm. trailing with the reading and and uh so i i got stormlight archive as, as my clear number one 
Well, there you go. Uh, Jeff, what did you put down for book and what did you put down for comic book? Yeah, I mean, I read a lot of books this year. None of them were released in, in 2021. That's totally fine. It's hard to keep up. We're not that kind of reader. That's, we're not just like okay. reading new releases uh, then, all the time. Then, yeah, so. I would put Rhythm of War, the, the latest Stormlight Archive. I also would have to put as a final the runner-up, the, the conclusion of Michael Carroll's um, uh, um, New Heroes. Superhuman series. Yeah, New Heroes trilogy. Or, or I don't know, it's like a sextology. What, what was that one called? Um, sextology. Whoa. Yeah, that would be six. It's the Karma Sutra? No, I'm kidding. But, um, um, yeah, uh, that's that's the book. Um, the final book is called The Chasm. Uh, as far as X or sort of comic book, I put two comic books. Um, even though the book, the one of the comic books isn't actually a book; it's actually a series. But I said Jonathan Hickman, Hickman's X Men run um, mm-hmm. has been just a really revolution, revolutionary take Which on the X Men. Started in 2019, I think. yeah, like 2018, <laughs> still going, probably like yeah. 2018. But Hickman's still running the X Men universe and all the the relevant titles. And it's great. I'm trying to keep up with it as much as I can, but obviously it's expensive to read like five books a month. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, Seven to Eternity, the Rick Remender um, comic book wrapped up in 2021. So that one also counts. Um, yep. Those... And then you uh, you texted me a really nice thing uh, yesterday. We'll get, we'll get into you to just say we'll it get out into, loud. We'll get into, <laughs> we'll get into low in the recommendations. <laughs> okay. Uh um, for me, the book that I read, I think came out in 2016. It was called, uh, the automatic detective. That's actually the only actual like prose novel I got through this year. Um, it's about like a, a robot who, eh, whatever, just read it. It's really good. Um, for comic books, I wrote down two. I wrote, uh, we have demons as my runner up. It's one of Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's or it's, it is Zack Snyder and Greg Capullo's newest book together. Uh, Scott Snyder wrote or got a signed a contract with uh, Comixology and is producing like six new books um, for them. So far, I've, I've been reading each one as they've been coming out. They're all really good, but we have demons uh, getting those two back together. Uh, they have my favorite Batman um, main continuity run uh, from the nine, new 52. I really liked it a lot. So seeing those two back together again is great. Um, the other one that I wrote down is Wind. I'm not sure when this book was released, but I think it was maybe 2020. 21. But no, it's, it's still going. It was earlier this year? Yeah. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I know it's ongoing, but um, Jeff showed uh, – I borrowed it – or Jeff had it on Comixology, and I downloaded it and listened or read it, and I just really loved it. I, I just can't speak highly enough uh, about it. Um, it was just It was just really good. So I highly recommend people – uh, go and check those out. Oh, and we have demons is about like some demon hunters and they're they're It's got like religious iconography, but it's not specifically Christian, even though it uses a lot of the Christian iconography. It's just like a really interesting uh, interpretation of like angels and demons and demon hunting and stuff. Um, and also all the demons, like every other word they use is a is a swear word. So it's just like really vulgar for no reason. It's pretty funny. Um, all right, great. So now we're going to get into uh, the uh, the prestige um, ty- uh, categories here. Um, do you guys want to start with uh, TV uh, or actor standout actors and actresses? What do you think? Okay, I'll just decide since you guys can't make decisions. Um, let's go with best TV show. Um, okay. Jeff, you start. Yeah, uh, probably not big surprise here. Both of my selections, my my selection and my runner up are both animated. Uh, I put best TV show of 2021 as Invincible. 
Um, I'm. Oh shit! I that was I did not even think about that. that I sorry. Love superheroes, and I think that Invincible was probably one of the best comic book interpretations that we have ever seen brought to screen. I was really blown away by just about every single aspect of the of this show, especially like the soundtrack. I would like. You know, when you're reading comic books, you might be listening to music, but there's definitely no music provided. And getting the creator to like have add sound to the moments of the fight scenes and stuff, it just really, really brought the moment to life. And I got to enjoy it from a whole new angle as much as I loved the books themselves. And number two was something I never expected to enjoy, which I know Tyler's going to say the same thing, was Arcane. Um, I mean, this, this show has been speaking, uh, has been, you know, blowing up since it came out. Um and I thought it was incredible, incredible voice acting, incredible animation, incredible world building, incredible choreography for both shows. I, yeah, I, I am definitely going to rewatch both of these shows at some point and whatever sequels or se- follow up seasons they provide. Yeah, cool. Yeah, Invincible really was incredible. I actually forgot that it came out this year and so it didn't make my list, but it, I, you know, very much. I mean, go back and listen to the episodes where we talk about it. I obviously had nothing bad to say about it. I liked it a lot. Um, Brian, where are you at? What did you have for your list? Um, you know, I wrote down, I think it's five and I told myself I'd have it decided by the time it got to this That's point fine. and I hey, have all five. It. Um, I put down sweet tooth. Uh, I really enjoyed that show, um, about <clears throat> human hybrids in the future yep. nature kind of claiming the planet back. Um, really enjoyed that show. I thought it was really well made. Uh, the witcher season two, I think held up to the, the first season that I liked a lot. Uh, so I was happy with it. Um, C on Apple TV uh, just was one personally. I know I'm the only one that watched that one, but uh, just really liked it. Also on Apple TV for all mankind um, is astronaut stuff. I, I really like space stuff. So really enjoyed that. And then I wrote down squid game um, squid game. I thought was great. It was super riveting the whole time. Um, I also gave it a little bit of a bump because uh, it was in another language and I still managed to enjoy it, which means it was that good. Um, you know. Oh, did you watch it in Korean with subtitles, or did you? Yeah, watch no, this the only no, but from? like you know, I had the whole voiceover thing, and that normally is is a total deal breaker for me, and I still managed to yeah. really enjoy this, so um, that's why it made this category. Yeah, uh, Squid Game was my honorable mention, uh, just specifically because of the story of the creator having the uh, just continuing to push for it, and like having the faith that he had done, so- he had come up with a really good idea for 10 years and then getting it produced and then it just being like boom the biggest thing that netflix has ever produced you know what i mean like that's just sometimes it's just i don't know that's very inspiring to me i don't necessarily think that that was like the greatest show i've ever seen by any means but just knowing that that story is behind it was just i don't know gave me like a different like outlook on things because I, I may have already said this but i've submitted a bunch of different like short stories and uh novel pitches and stuff like that for um publishing and uh have been hit with a bunch of denials even though i think that my stuff is good um and uh you know that just kind of gave me the uh it was the story the feel-good story i needed in 2021 that like maybe maybe there is a chance you know maybe i will find someone who puts something out i also read that jk rowling had the same thing happen for like 10 years with harry potter and obviously that was good too so um oh speaking of which that harry potter reunion is happening i think happened you can watch uh, it. oh yeah it's out yeah is it out yeah i haven't checked it out did either of you guys check it out yeah not, not yet oh, okay it's okay cool i mean it's um, oh, sorry yeah i'll probably check it out but anyway that's not what we're talking about now um 
I have three. Uh, like I said, Squid Game was my 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 honorable mention. I actually only had two, but then Jeff reminded me that Arcane came out, and Arcane has to make on my list because I just did have I had zero expectations. I was like, "What the fuck is this dumb animated show?" And then like was just like I just thought it was so good, I couldn't believe it. Um, the other one is Shadow and Bone. Uh, I forgot that this movie or this show came out in 2021 on Netflix. Um, because it happened, it came out in like January or something like that. And, uh, I really liked it and I'm really excited for season two to come out. Um, and then my number one is, uh, yellow jackets. I I've, I've talked about it. I think every week since I started watching it, really liking it a lot. I think all the performances are really interesting. Um, it took a, a kind of stale IP, um, and, uh, and really did something new and fresh with it that I, that I, I, I'm just, I've been very impressed by. Um, and yeah, that's it. Did you guys have a worst TV category? Cause I, I don't have, okay. I don't have anything. I couldn't think of anything that I watched that was bad, like super bad. Uh, oh, you know what? I am going to say worst is Dexter season two. Super unimpressed, boring, did not care. Watched like three episodes and walked away from it. Um, the other one is the flight attendant. My wife started watching mm-hmm. it. I watched the first five episodes and she watched the rest of them without me because I was like, I just could not care less about what was going to happen to this character. Yeah. So those, those will be the one that I say. For, for me, ahead. I said the worst show that I watched this year was Star Wars Visions. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a big fan of consistency and I, Star Wars has specific physics that require the world to work. And, you know, having a character that is standing on an X-Wing. You know that those are non-canon, right? Like, sure. they're not in the sure. universe. But they're still Star Wars, right? I mean, we're still watching a Jedi standing on top of an X-Wing out in space, screaming, while extending <laughs> his lightsaber into an infinity and cutting an Imperial Star Destroyer in half. Like, what the fuck? With what the fuck is that? Are you serious? Yeah, that's no, literally, like, it, hundreds of feet it, long. They gave Japanese animation houses, just said make a story that's within like here's you know what the characters are you know what the tools they use do just do whatever you want and just produce a little short film and they did that and jeff just didn't like it for Look, being someone who loved anime so much i mean don't get me wrong i didn't love it i didn't think it was incredible but i just don't understand how you can thing. ignore source material like i'm, I'm fine with what everything they, like they completely ignore it they throw it out the window and just create something new with the ideas that's that's the whole idea i hated it i i there's some episodes that i liked like the the samurai things like some of the the, the smaller episodes fine but like there's a lot of them where they were just like oh star wars i can just use a laser sword and then ignore everything else perfect like it just pissed me off if you're gonna do something within a universe you stick to the rules and the 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 things that have been established in that world you don't get to just go around making things up um and whoever in lucas arts or or disney that said yes this is all okay uh is stupid like for example there's a, a star wars comic that is that was canon uh that has a jedi jumping out of an x-wing and using his lightsaber, stabbing it into a tree to slow his descent. Wait, what? what yeah, is that? yeah, it's 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 stupid as shit because lightsabers don't have any friction. It would just you would just Where continue. Where did that come from? It, there's it's a comic book. I'll I'll send it to you the panel. Um, it's, is that from like a new thing from the Marvel canon, or is that from like the old Dark? It's Horse it's stuff? from like 2018, I think. Um, Interesting. That's that is silly. Um, okay, Brian, did you have a worse TV? Yeah, mine. Uh, my worst was in your best. I put uh, Shadow and Bone down, and I also, <laughs> I also put, I also put Shadow and Bone down, but and, I deleted and it. The other one I put down was Cowboy Bebop. I was just trying to think of shows that I literally couldn't get through. 
and that Dude, was the Shadow two. and Bone was genuinely good. I wish you would give it another shot. I'm, How I many may, episodes did you even get your, it into? If, if it made your best, I might give it another try because I. You only watched one episode, right? I watched. I tried to watch two, and I only remember. I watched the whole thing, and I also and then, didn't like it. And then I put Cowboy Bebop down and and uh, turned that shit off real quick. So. Yeah, Cowboy Bebop would probably make my worst if I had actually like thought about worst, but I just moved on from that. Um, let's go with. Um, standout actor and actress for this i actually put down three of each i don't know if you guys did the same I but one, I one did, of each uh... for me yeah okay um well why don't you start then brian um i tried to think not of people that i liked the best although it worked out that way for the male uh, actor but um but people who i thought were most prominent this year in different or films. like that impressed you or was it, it more like more like we're more. more like we're hitting in the biggest films and we're kind of just like ever present this year versus just my personal preference because i'll pick the same people every year if i do that um but this year i put down ryan reynolds for standout actor uh, mainly for his work in red notice and free guy which it's funny because uh, actually i actually have free guy listed as one of my worst movies but um I thought he popped off the screen in both of those. I thought he was just a, he's just super talented, obviously super good looking dude. He can do comedy. He can do action. Um, so I, I thought, uh, you know, Ryan Reynolds just was the first person to pop into my head this year as, as uh, kind of a standout actor for the year. Interesting. Um, did you have a, a actress? Actress. I, I'm not a, her biggest fan, but she, again, I was kind of going in that similar theme of like who was in the big movies and who was kind of just always in your face. And I went uh, Zendaya. Um, mm-hmm. She's in Dune and in Spider-Man, which were two of the biggest movies of the year. And she's in both, um, although very, very not featured prominently in Dune, obviously. But it was just more like, you know, she's the one getting those big roles. She's the one that's constantly in your face and in, in these big movies throughout the year. Um, she seems like she's blowing up. Like she seems like she's pretty talented. I didn't mind her in Spider-Man. So, um, I, I chose her for my standout actress. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, what about you? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I also put Zendaya as well. Um, not only that, because I'm also anticipating her role, uh, in Euphoria, which comes out in a couple of days, Euphoria season two. Um, I think that she is a really talented actress. Um, for the actor though, I put Willem Dafoe. Because his role in No Way Home uh, genuinely surprised me. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that his role in the first Spider-Man was lackluster, was you know exactly what it needed to be. But films have superhero films specifically have really stepped up their game since the first Spider-Man. And to see Willem Dafoe step up as well and become the horrifying villain that he needed to be was awesome. And uh, I loved you know. Um, his his performance. Yeah. So we all interpreted this in very different ways because I thought we were doing like best up and coming like actors, like people who were kind of newer this year or like we're just starting to see kind of like make their way in. Um, so I went with for actresses, I went with Zendaya. So congrats all around for Zendaya. She crushed, I guess. All three of us mentioned her. Um, I did Florence Pugh um for uh her different role oh sorry sorry yeah (laughs) um i thought she was in little women at the end of last year and uh her role between that and what she did in hawkeye and black widow um was just so different um 
that I just, I, you know, I kind of underestimated her. I think I didn't really get what everyone was talking about when she first showed up. And I think that she's actually really talented. Um, and then the other one I did who I did the same thing was, uh, Anna de yep. Armas. Yep. She was my runner up. I, uh, I thought when she first showed up in the scene and like made her way into Blade Runner 2049, I was like, okay, yeah, she's obviously very beautiful. Um, but you know, like she's probably just a, another pretty face who's just going to kind of come and go, um, it's, you know, once everyone realizes she can't act and then uh her role in knives out last year was i genuinely was very impressed um and then what she was able to do with the small amount of screen time that she had in uh no time to die uh genuinely it, it really impressed me i mean she's in the movie for like five minutes and everybody's still talking about what she did in that film you know what i mean um i just I, I I I'm excited to see what her career does going forward because I think that she is uh, she is talented and I definitely underestimated her. Um, for actors, uh, for male actors, I went with uh, Timothy Chalamet just because um, you know he's like you said he's in the out he's got the output this year with Dune and um, and uh, uh, the French Dispatch and then a movie that I just watched called Don't Look Up where I thought he was really funny in the limited screen time that he gets in the movie. Um, I went with Tom Holland because he's an actor who just is trying really hard. And I've, I've come to like really respect him uh, just if, if not for his acting talent, which I do think that he is good. Um, but just for like the amount of work ethic and output that he's, he's doing is really impressive. Uh, but the main standout for me on this was Barry Keoghan, um, an actor who I didn't really expect a lot from. When I first started seeing him, I think that he I always thought he was talented, but I didn't think that, you know, he would ever be someone that I really cared about as an actor. Um, but this year he was in Eternals, a movie that I didn't like very much. Um, and uh, and the Green Knight and the two the very the, the difference in those two roles that he took on um, was so impressive to me that it's the same person um, that. I'm just really excited to see what he does um, and uh, what, you know, the kinds of roles that he takes on in the future. So um, he's the one that I put there. Uh, so now we're going to move into um, the, uh, the the big ones here. So do you guys want to start with best movie or worst movie? Um, let's do let's worst do, movie first yeah, and then a positive. Say, yep. Okay. Uh, who wants to start? I'll go, go first because I think we're all going to say the same movie. I don't. But uh, all right, Brian, what do you? What did you uh, say? Jungle Cruise was easily the worst movie of twenty twenty. It was one of mine. <laughs> it made everyone's list, didn't it? Uh, it didn't make mine, but it, I'm writing it in now. It's a late minute. Yeah, it's it's, it was edition because objectively bad. Um, yeah, it was not good. And then the other one, ironically, I put uh, for standout actor. I put Ryan Reynolds um, because of his participation, partly in part because of his participation in this movie. But I put Free Guy down. I didn't think it was. I mean, it was it was fine. But you I put didn't Free Guy down as one of the worst when he was also in a movie called Red Notice that was objectively worse than. Free I didn't Guy. think Red Notice was bad. I enjoyed it. Oh my god! But Free understand. Guy was Free Guy was not great. I mean, I think I liked Free Guy quite a lot. I think Free Guy was fine. Just different people, man. I yeah. so I, I have four I have four movies. The first three we've talked about on the podcast before recently. So obviously Jungle Cruise was on there. Um, I also put down Let There Be Carnage, the, the Venom mm. Two. Um, yeah. 
movie was awful and we talked about exactly how fucking bad it was. I also put down G.I. Joe Snake Eyes, which is also a horrible film. I still haven't watched it. <laughs> Good. You don't have to. I've summarized it. It's awful. Uh, but the final film, which I will say is my least favorite film of 2021, is The Kingsman, the the newest film that just came out. I went and you saw went and it. You went and saw it? It oh, boy. is a motherfucking satire of World War I. It, it straight up implies that the only reason World War I started was because Kaiser Wilhelm, George III, and Nicholas the Tsar of Russia were all distant cousins, and World War I was, was one of two things. It was A, a pissing contest between three cousins that uh, decided to kill millions of people simply because they didn't want to listen to their cousins, and B, uh, every single thing that happened in that five, six-year period was actually the direct result of a disgruntled Scotsman who's giving orders from a distant cabin and has the influence, for some reason, over specific henchmen that are all in extreme positions of power to each of the different world leaders. And he is causing each of the different things from the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand to the Zimmerman note to keep America out of the war, all so that uh, England will be destroyed. The film is tonally a fucking nightmare where it shifts from whimsical to tragic. There's a point where someone becomes the main character during the second act for like 20 minutes and then just straight up takes a bullet to the face. And like it is so fucking hard to watch. It is a satire of World War One. It is uh, I mean, a farce. I, I will be honest. If you do any research into how World War One started, you're not that's not far off i mean they were all cousins they were all kind of just like posturing for power and wanted to be the most powerful of the cousins and it was a bit like it didn't need to happen the wars did not need to happen i mean we went to war over the fact that one person a, a royal was assassinated a royal who his own the own king of that country didn't even like the his his nephew the the, the archduke so I mean, it was really a pissing contest. Um, so, and I'm not going to get into it, but yeah, that that's not that's not wrong. But I have heard that that movie is is trash, and the Scotsman bit does seem to be a bit ridiculous. Um, my worst is I have four now. I only had two, but uh, Jungle Cruise, um, yes, terrible. Venom, yes, terrible. Uh, I also put Eternals on there because I just I still think it was not good, even though I liked Barry Keoghan in it. And there were some good performances. Just the movie in general was just really boring. I could have slept through that movie. It was so boring. Um, and then the other one that I put in is The Matrix Resurrections was <laughs> my wow. worst movie. I really didn't like it, guys. It really disappointed me. Um, but yeah, so from there uh let's move into our best and i'm gonna start with brian on this one brian what was your best movie and your runners up uh, i got one best and one runner up i put down no time to die as my best i didn't even hear your guys's review of that movie because i had to not listen to it to not get spoiled the ending uh because <laughs> how did that work out i <laughs> uh had the movie cut out of me in the theater with like 30 minutes left so um, I just got to finish it the other day, and um, I thought it was a, a great movie. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, was 
bummed about how it ended, um, but it was riveting and I think a great send off for um, Daniel Craig's um, James Bond. So I put that as my number one uh, for the year. And then my uh, runner up, I put Shang-Chi. Stop tapping. Oh, sorry. I I put uh, Shang-Chi. I thought that was a a great uh, origin story Marvel movie um, that I really enjoyed. So. Yeah. Um, Did you go back and listen to our episode yet about uh, No Time to Die? Nope. No, I have not. I just watched it the other day, so I haven't done anything uh, else. If you do, you don't have to, obviously, but if you do, I would like to hear your thoughts on some of the things that we talked about because we kind of, we dig in and hit some of the questions. So I would like to hear maybe next week if you you do. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to explain to me how James Bond survived the triple grenade blast by diving seven feet to the left, I would love to hear the explanation there. (laughs) At the, at the tomb? Yeah, at, at the end. No, I mean, so there's the point where a grenade drops at his feet and he picks it up and throws oh, it back yeah, yeah, and then yeah, three more drop. And, yeah. and, and he just jumps to the left a little bit and nothing happens. The grenades go off and he just gets up and keeps running like like he wasn't six feet away from three grenades. Or or, or, or how the fact that uh, him using the uh, electromagnetic pulse doesn't fry his earpiece. Uh, I would like, I like to know. I did love that scene, though, when the grenade falls and he's like, oh, shit, and he throws it back up and, and it blows up. And then... <laughs> three more drop out of yeah. nowhere it was very yeah. funny to me my answer my answer to those questions jeff is i don't care it was still a good movie so we also yeah, don't see the good. grenade that he throws back up explode are we supposed to believe that one of you those hear it grenades? i think you hear it I, I think you do see it explode. whatever anyway uh did you have a what was your runner up shang chi oh that's right that's right um yeah we talked about that one um it was good i did like that one uh all right jeff what did you what did you put for your best I put as my best, shouldn't be a surprise since I said who my standalone uh, standout actor was, uh, No Way Home was my number one film of the year. I was really blown away. I mean, I, I think, like I mentioned, everyone in the world had super high expectations for this film and it exceeded them, I, I think, for, for most people. And uh, I think that there's a lot of fear, especially with, I have a lot of fear that, you know, Marvel with a lot of their big front running actors bowing out that you know they might not be able to produce continuously great media that they have and um that uh, there's going to be this superhero fatigue that's going to catch up with them and i think that no way home was a really strong statement that marvel is equipped to keep kicking ass uh, my yeah. runner-up was the green knight which is a film oh. that, that we recovered. I really, really enjoyed that film. The cinematography, the messaging, the, all of it was was really fun. I thought it was a, a really well-paced film. Uh, even though it had an amazing lack of action, I still found it very compelling. Yeah. So um, I also had The Green Knight as one of my runner as my runner-up. I have, I have four here. I have The Green Knight and No Time to Die and Spider-Man all as my runners-up. So uh, I think we're all on the same page there. Um, I really liked No Time to Die a lot. Um, There were parts of it that I had problems with, but even for something that was a a bit narratively disjointed, I I really enjoyed it. Um, Spider-Man, I, like Jeff said, I had such high expectations for it that I didn't, I was scared that I was like, I I hate that I have such high expectations for this movie. and somehow they were able to not let me down. I don't know how. I don't know how they did it because because uh, it just uh, I was genuinely impressed. Now, as far as the reason I didn't put uh, Spider-Man or No Time to Die as high, um, I think both of them 
deliver really strongly on the fan service and i think that they're built to be good in the moment but i don't know if if spider-man is going to hold um as strong later on in like repeat viewings you know what i mean like it's not going to be like civil war or uh winter soldier where i can go back and rewatch it years down the line because i think part of the reason that it delivered on those expectations is that it included characters that i really liked and really wanted to see again now narratively i don't know if it it delivered as strongly um and that being said my number one for this was uh suicide squad um i really 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 liked suicide squad uh, i watched it like four times in the week that it came out and I've watched it again one time since then. Um, so I've watched it five times this year, which I don't know why, but I just, I really, really, really liked it. So that's my, so number one, go back and listen to that episode where we cover it. Um, if you want to hear my thoughts on it, but yeah, that's my number one. Um, and then we're going to round out this year's awards ceremony of the Clevies. <laughs> <laughs> with our most anticipated movies of 2022 or most an- I, it doesn't have to be movies i have, it can I be have games anything. i have movies and i've got shows okay cool yeah um so i'm gonna start with brian on this one brian what's your most anticipated for 2022 i just put down two movies um yep that's fine love and thunder thor love and thunder i'm looking forward to it um seeing chris hemsworth one more time in the role i'm assuming i, I don't know if we'll get him he's again. Said, he's he said, saying that he's going to play Thor until they tell him to stop. Yeah, he's, he's he, in for the he's long like, haul. Which is yeah. great because I, I love a mass Thor, so I'm good yeah, with that. I think he likes playing Thor. And I'm seeing really a, a scenario here where uh, I work out religiously enough this year and Anna works out religiously enough where we can be Chris Hemsworth Thor and Natalie Portman Thor for Halloween. So we'll see how that is. Oh, come October. that would be cool. Yeah. That would be really cool. We'll, we'll see. I, I threw, floated the idea and she didn't love it, but. We'll, we'll keep we'll see how she feels after the movie comes out um you'll have to get ripped yeah and then uh uh the other one i put down i didn't even know it was a thing until i started searching for options for this um uh, but i put down uh, the next mission impossible i uh-huh. uh, yeah. love me some on-screen tom cruise uh I, I did specify on-screen tom cruise because you know his uh personal life's forgettable but um mission impossible it's unforgettable seven. it's just upsetting it's yeah, I could pass on it. Um, but anyway, Mission Impossible 7, uh, just love all of them, uh, especially recent entries into the franchise have just been fantastic. Uh, yeah. So another one's coming out. I'm all for it. Getting excited. We may have to do a Tom Tom Cruise-focused episode I'm down. one of these days. I'm down. Uh, coming up to that movie's release, maybe. Um, cool, man. Yeah, I, I I am very excited about both of those. Jeff, what, did you, what are you looking forward to for 2022? I am looking forward to, as far as movies, I put down three. Uh, the first is Spider-Verse. I think that movie is going to be great. I, I think I have really high expectations that they're going to continue to deliver. I love spider content. I've talked about four or five different Spider-Man related things in this podcast alone. Number two, Batman. I have high hopes for the Batman film. I looks very fun. looks very different. Um, I don't have high hopes of Robert Pattinson being a good Bruce Wayne, but I do have him to have high hopes of him killing the role as Batman. Um, the Catwoman edition looks fun. Like it just looks like they're going to tell a great story. And number three, which I would say is probably my most anticipated, is actually Death on the Nile, the new Hercule Poirot movie. Um, I really, really enjoyed the the um, what was it the Polar Express one. Um, <laughs> and it's not it's not the Polar Express, but <laughs> it's, it's, I, 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 I genuinely can't remember what it's called now. But Polar Express was that weird 
CGI movie by Robert Zemeckis that was strange to watch. Um, uh, but anyway, sorry, you you were saying Murder on the Orient Express. That's what it was. There you go. Um, anyways, death death on the death on the Nile looks very fun. I like those mysteries, and I think that that kind of uh, you know whodunit storytelling is something that's kind of lacking in in today's films you know war films are common superhero films are common and i think that those kind of long form murder mysteries are kind of going by the wayside and i i think that they're doing a master class of representing that genre um the two shows that i'm excited for for 2022 obviously invincible season two um looks phenomenal and also i want to give a shout out to moon knight um, Oscar Isaac, I think, is a great casting. I wanted to put him as one of my standout performances for um, his role in Dune, but it was just so small, and it wasn't really that great of a performance. It was just a really touching, sentimental father performance that I thought was really um, compelling. Uh, but I'm super excited to see what he's going to do with uh, Moon Knight, and I think that there's a lot of uh, room for him to show range in that performance. As far as games, there's two games that I'm super excited for. Uh, number... One is Elden Ring. I've talked about this game on pod before. Um, Miyazaki, creator of the entire Soulsborne universe, uh, combined with George R. R. Martin writing the lore. Um, the gameplay looks phenomenal. But my number one and most, the thing that I'm anticipating most in 2022 is actually Marvel's Midnight Sun, the uh, turn based uh, uh, action game with all of the Marvel superheroes. I really like those kind of games. Um, and it looks like it's going to do really good. They've already announced 10 heroes. There's going to be three more that they're going to announce as they continue to do marketing for the game as it comes out in late 2022. Um, yeah. What about you, Tyler? Finish us off. Uh, yeah. I um, I have a few here. I have Thor Love and Thunder. Obviously, really stoked for that movie to come out. Really liked uh, the last Thor movie and really excited to see what Taika Waititi is able to do with uh, with a sequel that I, from what he says, is even crazier. So I'm interested to see what that means. Um, I have Horizon uh, Forbidden West as my game that I'm the most looking forward to. Um, I have the Flash movie uh, on here. Really, really, really uh, excited to see where they go with that. It looks like it's going to be... Um, you know a bit strange it looks like they're doing a bit of a flashpoint adaptation which i'm excited to see uh and then yeah obviously my most anticipated movie this year is the batman um i wasn't really that stoked on it until they released that new trailer this last week um and boy does that look good i uh i am really excited to see um that movie so yeah so that's what i'm looking forward to uh this year um so yeah, that's that rounds it all out. Um, we're gonna wrap up real quick here with uh, a recommendation from Jeff before we get out of here. So Jeff, take it away. What's your recommendation? Yeah, so there's two things that I'm gonna recommend. I'm sure Brian will want to jump in on this once he catches up. But I have been watching today and yesterday uh, Cobra Kai season four. Um, same quality as the other seasons, um, kicking up just where it left off and approaching what I'm hoping for is the climax of the show because I don't know if I will be uh, sticking around for a fifth season. But so far, I have been enjoying the fourth. Uh, more local karate terrorizes a small town um, <laughs> in, in L.A. I just um, funny, that's funny. <laughs> and uh, the other recommendation is a comic book, and I, I, Tyler alluded to this earlier. Um, 
One of my favorite comic book writers of all time is a uh, author named Rick Remender. And he wrote a comic book about the world ending and humanity trying to uh, extend its time on Earth by building aquatic underground or uh, undersea cities um, and bide their time until probes can give them information of which planet they need to um, build an ark and flee to. And uh, all of the probes come back negative, so humanity descends into hedonism and debauchery. And there's one family that holds on hope that they will be able to find a planet. And it's this, specifically the main character is the mother who is just an eternal optimist and constantly tries to bring her family to bigger and better things. And I did text Tyler earlier this week and thanked him for introducing me to Rick Remender because before that I had only been reading mainstream comics, Marvel, DC, um, and Tyler introduced me into a broader world of comics. And I think Rick Remender has been the best of those. Yeah, for those who don't know, I uh, I pretty much stopped reading superhero comics a while back and only read like independent comics. You probably figured that out by all my recommendations being non-superhero comics. And Rick Remender has been one of my favorite comic book writers for the last 10 years. Um, Black Science uh, is the one that I first read by him. And I just, you know, I, I pretty much buy everything that he comes out with, uh, except for the newest one he's coming out with right now called Scumbag. Scumbag. I just, I have not checked it out. It doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't look like it's up my alley, but maybe I will. Who knows? Um, that being said, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Thank you so much for listening. I hope every single one of you listeners has a happy new year and I hope 2022 um, has a better outlook for all of us. I, you know, absolutely. God knows I could use it. <laughs> um and uh, yeah, I want to thank you guys all for listening again uh, this year, just sticking with us uh, despite all the technical difficulties and the missed weeks and all of that. Um, we really appreciate it. Um, go ahead and rate us on uh, Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to us. I really, really appreciate that. Reach out to us. Um, we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, we're at Clever Kids Pod. Cast on, uh, sorry, we're cleverkidspodcast at gmail.com and we're at cleverkidspod on Instagram. Uh, let us know what the best and worst of 2021 was and what you're looking forward to in 2022. And, uh, and yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see you guys, uh, on the other side. Thanks. Next week. Thanks, guys. Bye, guys.